CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Céline Lahertu on our show today. At just eight years old, Céline had made the decision that she was going to be a veterinarian. Today, Celine has been treating pets since 1999, and her practice has expanded and allowed her to step into the entrepreneurial space. Celine was frustrated and unable to find a dignified alternative to the garbage bag, often used for the disposal of deceased animals, and this led her to create Youthabag. Youthabag honors the bond that we have with our pets and ensures they depart with dignity. Designed in Canada, Youthabag is made with non-toxic materials, is tear-resistant, leak-proof, and adjustable, and is used in 25 countries by thousands of owners and veterinarians. Celine is committed to improving the euthanasia experience for animals, their families, and veterinary teams and professionals. In May 2021, Celine delivered a TEDx talk in Montreal on the hidden face of veterinary medicine shedding light on the financial costs of pet health. Celine and her team are the winners of the 2021 Startup Global People's Choice Award presented by UPS. Based in Hemingford, Quebec, Celine continues to work hard because she knows our pets deserve the best. Welcome to the show, Celine. Hey, thank you, Kayla. Nice to to be able to share some moments with you again. I'm delighted to be on your show. Pleasure is all mine. Pleasure is all mine. I am so excited to dive a little bit deeper into understanding your story and hearing more about uh, what brought you to, to this space now. Yeah, after having to condense that in a two-minute pitch, exactly. a second pitch. Yeah, <laughs> I know everything up. in a great 90-second structure. But yeah, let's go a little bit deeper. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into this fabulous story and the product, um, what is the one key takeaway that you want our audience to remember from our chat today, Celine? It's just a, well, it's, you know, it's quite classic. It's just follow your passion, make sure that, you know, that's what's leading you because 
being an entrepreneur is so challenging. It's so, and I compare it to being a vet. It, being a vet is so fascinating. It's like the best job I could have imagined, but it is so challenging. So you got to, you have to be sure that that's, this is what you want. You know, it's not the easy way, but it's mm. so interesting. It's so challenging and rich as an experience. Mm. And from a young age, you knew that you wanted to work with animals, be a veterinarian. Was there a defining moment or a specific experience that really made you realize that this was your passion and this was going to be the dream for yourself? Yeah, actually, it was. I, I totally remember the moment. Um, I was watching <laughs> I TV and I was eight years old and I saw that veterinarian that was taking care of a dog that was hit by a car. So my dream was to have a dog and I didn't have one at the time yet. And I was just seeing this poor dog that had been injured in the vet everything he could do like the situation was so sad and this only one person could fix it and make the person and the pet better and like this is me this is what i want to do so we followed the pet through the process of you know getting a plate and and screws in his jaw and seeing him uh being stitched and then the stitch removed and then the dog's all happy again you know thanks to the vet i'm like this is how i'm going to combine my two passions for pets and health and also actually uh, I, I was also quite sure I wanted to be an entrepreneur as well uh, from a quite a young age and, and then uh, but had no clue about what that involved. Anyways, we'll talk about that, I guess. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I love you know these parallels that you know the challenges of being a vet and being an entrepreneur, while probably are very different in exactly. different situational circumstances. Yeah. Uh, you know, have have different processes. So with Youth Bag and this entrepreneurial journey that you found yourself on, that was really born from a frustration and a feeling that you were experiencing in your vet work. Um, you know, about life care and the absence of an appropriate body bag, which is something I had no idea was even a challenge until I saw your pitch. How can other you know, soon-to-be founders listening recognize you know, their own pain points or spaces in the entrepreneurial ecosystem that they can fill um, and really use that to fuel innovation? What's your perspective on that? Well, you, you kind of need that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, it's just I, I just could not do it anymore. Uh, so you really have to, that frustration is kind of a motivation. And I could not, I could not just stop looking at it that was in my face all the time several times during a, a week at work i would have to put beloved pets in garbage bags and i could not um i i, I just could not find it okay and i felt i was into a cognitive dissonance that was detrimental to my mental health and i thought as a vet I feel like I'm a champion of the world providing excellent care to these people but there's just this one little spot I can't do it it doesn't make any sense and I you know it looks like nobody else thought about it or had um, the was crazy enough to just <laughs> get started like mm -hmm. I did but yeah so it's important to just follow that if you think this is not right just follow that follow that feeling gut feeling and just go ahead and and talk about it around you and you're probably not alone and if you are just go around mm -hmm. further and you'll find somebody that agrees with you so it's just uh yeah it's, it's important to really have this fuel because it's so challenging to get a product on the market mm. but also very practical like you're solving such a, a 
a consistent problem that if nothing like this existed, um, all of these pain points would be felt across all of these different vets and families, et cetera. So also interesting that this this uh, gut instinct that you had and that you you made action to solve is something is a pain point so many others were really um, you know feeling as well. And and that can also be empowering that you're not alone here, but you are the one actually building the business to solve the problem, which is which is entrepreneurship. Yeah, and it's it's just because in, in my life. Uh, co- coherence is is very important. I have to say what I do and do what I say and follow that. I don't want to be lying to anybody. I don't want to be lying to myself. And this is, I find, you know, now in society, it looks like we're kind of almost encouraged to lie to ourselves and keep on coping with stuff we don't agree with just because that's the norm and this is the frame and stay quiet and continue to do th- how, you know, things as they were they've been doing for I don't know how many years for so this thing with the garbage bag I mean I think it's been going on for 20 years and everybody was just like huh well I hate it I'll just you know I I just won't look at it and 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 avoid it Mm -hmm. and hopefully the problem will disappear but you know if you keep on doing the same old thing that makes you unhappy it's it's not going to change you just got to change what you're doing I love that coherence. I've never had it or heard it positioned that way. Like, how can you you match, um, you know, your own personal values also with how you want to engage in business? Uh, and that coherence piece is huge. Beautiful. So, looking at you know the youth bag as a product, and it's used at the end of a life, uh, pet's life, um, which is I can imagine a very difficult time, you know, for a pet's family and for vet teams. How have you, as a founder, and wearing both the vet hat? and the entrepreneurial hat navigated um, the client education aspect of your business. I know this is something that you also men- mentioned uh, during your pitch. What does that look like for the business? And, and what have been some of the challenges that you've seen through the education piece? Yeah, we really actually, we're just starting to be talking to the pet owners, to the ultimate client. We're not, right now, our clients are the vets. And for some reason, they've been so used to do that, and they've been told or that it was okay because everybody's doing it, mm-hmm. that we, we've just been, you know, talking to vets basically. And I thought I'll make every vet aware that this option is there now. And, and then, you know, I'll reach out to the ultimate owner, uh, customer who is the pet owner. But right now the decision maker is the vet. So the vet is taking the decision for somebody that doesn't know that this is even an issue because mm. people don't think about that. They just think that their pet, when they disease, will kind of, I know it's so painful that you don't think of the practical aspect of how the body's going to be handled after. So we haven't touched very much the, um, the, the education of the pet owner, uh, but we'll, that's our project for 2022, just bring some awareness to the people. So, so you have, you can make the choice because also what, a part of the of why I did this project is because I thought people had the right to know, like mm. you know, because it's your friend, and and you can't say looking at somebody if what he believes in, and you can't discuss beliefs. People believe in that or believe in something else, and you you can't discuss that if it's important to put a, a pet in a garbage bag or not. You have to either take the best option or talk about it. Now we have so many other things to talk about around end of life that I suggest we just go for the best option as we do for everything else in MedMed. In VetMed, it's just we always pick the best, the best option. This is how, you know, prof- professionals work. It's always picking best option or otherwise talk about it with the, the pet owner. So right now we've been really targeting our education on 
uh, the vets, because vets lead the show when it comes to end of life, they will perform euthanasia and people don't really know how it's going to happen, what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like. So I thought I would focus on the education of the veterinary professionals as they lead the show and then, you know, uh, help uh, the pet owners by providing them some tools that their vets might not know of or think of, mm. uh, such as quality of life uh, questionnaires that really help people making the decision. It took me years to understand that for my clients, it was the hardest decision of their life. Like mm. harder than decide to divorce or quit a job or buy a house or a car. So this is like major, but it took me years to figure that out. So then I figured out that so many other vets too were kind of innocent in that way because we perform euthanasia. We see that it's really challenging for the people. Most of them cry in front of us. We hardly know them sometimes. But then... We know, I thought as a young professional that people would just walk away, cry for a couple of hours, be sad for two days or four days, 14 days, and then, you know, life goes on. But then yeah. with experience, I realized that it would stay in their mind for the rest of their lives. So that's why mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I got to do something in line with that level of intensity of the experience. It's when, you know, a lady came into my exam room with a kitten and as she saw me, she just started to cry. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's going on? And then she told me, I'm like, uh, you okay? She said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, but you know, you're the one that put my cat down. Oh, okay. And she's like, just seeing you, your face, remind, brings me back to this moment. I'm like, okay, and how long ago was that? She goes, oh, that was about um, two years ago. I'm like, two years. Like she would have told me two days or two weeks ago or two months. You know, like, okay. But that two years, I'm like, okay. So that that's where I realized that I needed to take that more seriously because, by the way, talking about education, we have no education at vet school. Mm. Nothing. Like not even five minutes about how to deal with a person in that is sad, that is you know that feels guilt, that is in pain. Actually, I don't know. I know how to deal with a cat in pain. But I have no idea what to do with a human in pain. And most of us vets are introverts. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not typical. <laughs> and analytical. So how, you know, how does a person that's introvert and analytical is going to guess how to deal with a person that mm. is suffering? So anyways, I, I, had to, I had to learn it the hard way as a new grad and just make mistakes and realize that, you know, I, I could do things better. And then that's how I built my education uh, program for veterinarians, just just condensing 15 years of experience of doing good things and bad things and showing people what works, what doesn't work when it comes to dealing with people in pain. Incredible. And I love how that is manifested also in a product that that it's a feeling and a recognition of the life that uh, you know that has been so connected to these owners of pets um, and and that, kind of moving warm and fuzzy as well that you think of, you know, your childhood pets and your animals that meant so much to you back mm -hmm. to your coherence piece, mm -hmm. seeing how you treat them in those final moments as well. Like that, that alignment just, it makes sense. It really makes sense. Um, and to, to focus on that education piece across vets as well is very inspiring, but also wild that, you know, we, you don't look at the human stakeholder from the vet perspective, you know how to support the sick cat, but what about the exactly. sad person? Yeah, and it's something we, we really don't realize when we get into no. vet med. We go there because we love animals and we want to mm -hmm. help them and we need them. And I need to work with them. I need to be with them. They bring me so much. And that's why even though I don't know that pet 
I just know how much it's bringing to this person. But then I had no clue that when you are a veterinarian, you actually take care of the pet and the person. Like I, mm. I didn't know that part. I didn't think about that part, and nobody mm. told me. <laughs> and then no. you know, as you go further in the studies and end up in practice, like okay, all right, huh, okay, I'll have to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure it comes with a lot of trial and error. That yeah, it's it's a process. So looking at the global scale of Youthabag, uh, it is used and loved in 25 countries, which is incredible. And a lot of our in- our listeners, um, you know, are really interested in taking their own businesses global. What was the first international market that you entered? And walk that through, walk us through that process, top to bottom, and how you managed to export the product. So we went to the U.S. first. I actually uh, live five kilometers uh, away from the U.S. border, as the largest um, market in the world. Uh, with the highest uh, buying uh, power. So it just made sense. Uh, we uh, were able to participate to a, the largest veterinary trade show in uh, Orlando and make it to the, uh, was I think like also a startup circle was called, so to feature new products, just because it was quite innovative, although it's simple. So we made it there and then attracted the attention. It was perfect. And I thank my... Uh, my uh, colleague Jocelyn that applied for us and uh, then we attracted attention of distributors because they all go to this uh, startup circle of new product and and look for new candies to show to their clients distributors all want new products to show you know it makes gives them something to talk about to their existing clients so that's how we 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 got into the US Uh, we had tried before uh, contacting um, veterinary distributors but it was impossible. It was just ridiculous. And uh, I suppose it's like that in many other fields. So when you want to get into a distributor, they already have 30,000 SKUs. And everybody thinks that their product is the newest, you know, miracle. And then it, but they know it's not. So, and then they have so many SKUs, they don't want to enter one more SKU that won't get sold. And what you realize quickly is that they won't sell it for you. They just, they're a logistic company, basically. They won't, they don't have any sales force that will push your product. They have so many products. So it, it's all yours to, to market that product. So you really have to, to, to partner with the right distributors that will at least let you um, access their network of clients or their sales force. But that's something, guys, you really need, or girls, <laughs> that you need to understand right away, real quick. Don't expect them to market your product. It's all going to be in your hands, and it's very challenging. It's, it takes a lot of resources, and um, yeah, that's, that, that's how we, we, we started internationally. And then spontaneously, people uh, contacted us to get the product in their country, just because it's for some people, for some vets, it's such a problem um, not to have an appropriate option for deceased pets that they just look online and we have a uh, good SEO and, and people find us easily when they look for a body bag. And then they, they just got excited. And then uh, that's how we ended up in 25 countries without looking for any clients internationally except the U.S. Wow. Wow. Interesting. And what impact have you seen this product have on the veterinary community around the world? Like, what are the stories that you're hearing about how this has made an impact? Oh, yeah. Well, so, you know, I mentioned it was so challenging because I wake up in the morning, I think about my product, I go to bed, I think about it. Mm. I dream about it. It's I talk about it all the time. You know, it's just but the, the, the pay, 
the pay is good. I mean, not financially it is, but it's really because it's so rewarding to read every week, if not every day, um, testimonials from veterinary professionals just saying thank you for bringing this product. Thank you for uh, providing us these webinars that help us feel better around euthanasia because it's challenging. It, it's really it's really touching us on a daily basis. This is what uh, it, it's just because it's something we face on a daily basis. And when we use something like Euthabag, we can only treat the body with respect and preserve the dignity. So it, it makes us feel in line with the pain that our um, clients experience. But more than that, with, with the bond, like being in line with this bond that we know is so strong. This little creature is so dear to these people. So when we use this product, you know, we feel that we would be able to show that. And that's usually how we do vet medicine. We, you know, you could be watching anything we do, surgery, and any care we give to the pets, we could show. But there was just that little part about end of life that we, aftercare actually, that we can show. And, and but now it, it just, that's the feedback I have. I just had one really nice lately. It was um, a veterinary technician, so basically a veterinary nurse. Uh, said, with Euthabag, I, I found part of my soul I had lost without even noticing. Like she, every time, and that's how I felt too, but I didn't wow. have the words. Every time I would put a beloved pet in a garbage bag, I felt this is not in line with my what I believe in. I feel wrong. And every time, and that's so she brought this back to me and I thought it was really uh, powerful and made me, you know, I was on a high for like a week after I received that testimonial. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's that's just uh, incredible for many um, vet nurses also told me, you know, there was the pre pre bag era and the bag. Mm-hmm. you know, it's much better. So people are very thankful for that and also for the education because for some reason, it's still taboo. End of life is taboo. Aftercare is taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it. And it's funny because I love it. I love to talk about it. I can talk about end of life all day. And I don't know why. Like I, when I was studying vet med, it's not like I went oh, this is what I want to do. Not at all. But just when I realized the power of what I could bring to the people, just with single, just changing the words we use or just putting my hand on the shoulder or just, you know, using positive vocabulary or vocabulary that people could understand, not medical vocabulary like we're used to. Mm. When I saw the impact of that on the people, and then plus it's funny, but as a vet, we we don't get cards anymore. Like, people that would send a card to thank us or we don't use that because you know we don't do that anymore we we send emails and text but for euthanasia we still get cards handmade with a picture of that pet and people take the time to do it just because it was so important for them and you know and and it's something they remember forever and they're so grateful and you know everybody loves that everybody loves to be thanked and and feel important in their job there you go. Community listening in here. Definitely write those reviews. It might not be quite as moving <laughs> as some of these elements. Uh, but uh, no, I th- it really goes a long way, especially for entrepreneurs. Sometimes you need that feedback um, from from the soul. I love that, that, yeah, it really hits deeper when it's not just, you know, this product helped me, you know, brush my teeth better or, mm-hmm. or something that's yeah. a little bit more superficial. Um, and it's just so interesting that this taboo still exists when, when after or end of life is something inevitably that exactly. all of us are going to enter into, right? Like, exactly. so interesting. Yeah, and so I need that. As an entrepreneur, I find it personally so challenging that if I wouldn't have testimonials like that, if 
if it would only be based on sales and profit, I wouldn't do it. I would have sold the company already. It's too much, you know. <laughs> but because I have that, I needed to also like VetMed, you know, I needed to have an impact on people and earn a good living. Like it, yeah. it's got to be both together. I can't do just one. So let's let's dive into that a little bit more because I think in, in your TED talk as well, I love how you described um, like the field of vet medicine as blending science and hearts. Um, and then through this business journey, we you know in our conversation even right now, we keep coming back to this um, sort of social mission based in compassion and decency and you know honoring honoring lives. Um, how do you balance the profit? And this underlying social mission. How do you, um, you know, engage in that conversation every day to make sure you're not putting the profit ahead, but you're still maintaining sustainability? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I love that question because I think I think that's something I'd like to share uh, with your audience. Because at one point, like being an entrepreneur, you have to take decisions. I don't know how many times a day, and everybody says, "So, what do you say, boss? What what do we do?" I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. <laughs> I have so many choices, so many factors to take into account. So I decided, you know, early in the process, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have values and I'm going to base my choice on the values. That's all. Okay. So it's, it's always about, uh, integrity, about ecology, about fairness, um, and about respect. That's so I take whatever decision I have to make. I'm like, okay, so my values are guides. Otherwise it's too complicated. If I look at dollars and pennies, of course I look at them every month but it's not my priority because it's not my priority in life. I just want to live a good life. I want to have a good effect. I want my workplace to be awesome. I want my um, colleagues to feel great about the company and that, you know, I say what I do and I do what I say. That's, mm. you know, my number one thing. So if I say ecology is important and I take another decision, I think I look stupid with my colleagues. So I just have to... Um, keep up with my values. And that's how uh, we make these difficult choices. Coherence. Again, coming back to it. I love it. Yep. That's the post-it yeah. post note word of the day. Pop, pop on my computer. Coherence. I'm glad. I wasn't even sure it was an yeah. English word. I said, I'm going to just try it. And I've never heard it before framed this way. So it's it's a new one for me. I love it. So what's next for you in Youth of Ag? You talked about, uh, you know, the focus on education next year. What other big, bold plans do you have for the business? Yeah, for, so actually it's education to the pet owner, to the public about end of life, about how to live better with this decision. Uh, as you mentioned, it's something we can't avoid, but still we, we, don't, um, we don't get the tools or we don't have the education. So I, I'll just go forward and provide it to the people, you know, because uh, it's something they don't necessarily think about. And, and so that we really want to, bring people awareness, public awareness, because uh, we are really slowed down by the fact that um, veterinarians take the decision for people that don't know about something. So it's, it's you know, it's like I would, I would offer a treatment I'm, I'm not aware of or, you know, that the people wouldn't understand. I always have to explain. Usually it's just that part. So this is what uh, we'd like to do in 2022 in Canada, just make the people aware Um also of who we are as a company and our mission because there are there is a copy going around in uh, we have some commercial dumping on our product by another company and we just need to show who we are and what we have to offer uh, so that's our, our goal for this year also we want to uh, just um, 
produce uh, more content on aftercare and showing to the people what what is the reality between um, behind aftercare and, and just make it something more hopefully more natural or more accepted so everybody feels better at the end of the of the of, of that relationship with the pet uh, then commercially um, it's going well we had a 50% growth last year we hope to do the same and just take our place on the market in the US as fast as possible because it's an easy pro product to um, to copy but we have so much more to offer than um, just a product then we we want to take their place the nice thing is uh, veterinarians are very loyal they take a long time to make a decision or adopt adopt a new product but once they adopt it it's usually for the rest of their life so um, this is what uh, we have uh, on the menu uh, for, or also this year it's um, another project I have would be to create kind of a label uh, something called the part with dignity or above and beyond, I don't know yet, to help pet owners to choose a practice that decided to do above and beyond around euthanasia. Otherwise, it's so hard to, so this seal would include using our product and taking our uh, webinars, our um, education, and then when a pet owner has to pick a practice to say goodbye to his pet, he has some kind of, um, not a guarantee, but a hint that this practice has decided to go above and not just like look on the map and, you know, you don't know how this experience is um, prepared by the practice. So it's just, it would be something to help pet owners make a choice on it. because it can vary very much depending where you are and who you're dealing with and how this uh, experience is going to be handled. I can totally imagine. And in those challenging moments as well, you're not necessarily doing all of that research in, in exactly. time. You're making a really challenging call. That's so right, yeah. Um, amazing, amazing. So before we go, any final pieces of advice, uh, messages you want to share? We covered a lot of ground, Celine, but uh, anything you want to leave our audience with? Yeah, well, as women and as entrepreneurs, we, you know, we're very susceptible to be comparing ourselves with other ones that we think you know, got it all, figured it out, do everything better and are more structured or stronger or whatever. But, you know, we all, we're all great. And what we do to make a difference is all fantastic. And we have to learn to, to remember everything we do well and realize that everybody does mistakes, not only us, but of course you have so many challenges as an entrepreneur. We can't have a hundred percent right every time. But sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. But just realize that every, everybody does these mistakes and you'll always do some, always have more challenges. It just never stops, you know. But you have to enjoy the ride. I think that's really important. Enjoy all these challenges. And, and that's, uh, it takes a while, but I'm kind of starting to feel that, I believe. It's just, um, it's just a way of seeing things, actually. Yeah, a total perspective shift. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, being gentle on yourself. That's always yeah. such a good takeaway. That's that what I wanted to say, Kayla. Thank you. That's all. <laughs> there we go. We can end right there. <laughs> Be gentle on yourself, listeners. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> 
There we go. Thank you so much, Celine, for joining us on the Startup Women podcast. Congratulations again for all of the incredible traction the business has seen, uh, for being the People's Choice winner for Startup Global in 2021, um, and the entire Startup Canada team. Can't wait to see where you go next. Thank you. It's such an honor. It's been such a trip to, um, to be with you guys at Startup. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook, Resources for Women Entrepreneurs, with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast, hosted by Rick Spence, and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.